Fallen leaves tell a story. The great Elden Ring was shattered. And this is the Raconteur collection. <laughs> don't don't shake your well, head at me like, like well you did done. Know, like you didn't know it was coming. Well that done. Was well done. I was really torn between wanting to start with the actual start of that or start with Arise now, <laughs> ye tarnished. <laughs> Which I love. It. The delivery of that line is so good. It is great. The call of long lost grief speaks to us all. <laughs> Look at that. The lonesome dung eater. <laughs> lonesome dung eater. <laughs> oh, everyone, welcome back to the Rack and Terror Collection. I don't know if you could tell, but this is Elden Ring Part 2. This week, we have a guest... The basement dweller. The basement dweller has and, returned. Oh, the ungodly basement The dweller. mad taint of his newfound strength. <laughs> We're peaking the audio so bad. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking really close. Michael, welcome to the show. How they you been, man? call me Michael the Matted. That's pretty good. A torn asunder by a tarnished long ago. I don't know, but... Yeah, I am, I am here. I'm uh, here to discuss Elden Ring with you all. Elden Ring. How has the uh, basement been treating you? Um, it's been good. It's been honestly really dirty down there. I need to clean up. So, you know, if you guys can get like a maid service or yeah, some kind of housekeeping, that. that would be great. But um, other than that, you know, piles of mail. I can't find my way around there as well anymore. But it's. Honestly, it helped me find some really interesting things, some articles I didn't know that we had, some file cabinets that uh, I don't remember. Hmm. So definitely uh, going to check that out, see if maybe we can bring those to the archives. But Oh, the archives. The archives. Yeah, of course. But uh, I've been well. How about yourselves? Doing great. Also joined by the ever-brilliant Jack. The ever knowing, the all knowing. <laughs> no, I've been I've been doing pretty well. Um, pretty good weekend. Um, you know, was actually able to relax a little bit yesterday. Uh, Ellie was at a friend's house for most of the day, and then Oliver was just like napping or just chill. So Laura and I were just playing games for like two hours, and it was really nice. Very nice. Um, you know, work's been fine. Nothing to talk about really. Uh, Oliver is huge. He's like almost 20 pounds, like, sorry, 22 pounds. He's chunk. And I'll, I'll show you a picture here, actually. You you can't see it, uh, dear listeners, but their reactions will let you know. He is huge. I took a picture of uh, Ellie holding him. <laughs> he looks like a giant <laughs> baby. So, that's so funny. A regular titan he is. Um, but this past week, I went to the dentist and got more work done. I got four new crowns and then an extraction so dang i get the permanent ones in on the 27th so getting all that stuff in get it all done at once man three thousand dollars after insurance so yeah Yeah, i got debt collectors calling me for uh my (laughs) dental for for a couple of things two years ago 
I don't know. They're they're saying I owe them like some money, and I'm saying I pretty sure I paid that. Yeah, that that's the way you got to go until but, they uh, stop bothering you. Anyway, I I'm glad you're I, getting that done. That's good. Yeah. Yes, that's good. It, I'm I'm very glad I'm getting it done too. Finally, I see a hand raised in the back, and uh, a young young child. You have a question. What 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 is it that you want to say? What's the raconteur collection? Wow, what an astute question. A question for the ages. I was going to ask that. What is the raconteur collection? Shut up! Wow. Ah, I hate you, kid. Ah. (laughs) Do not fight, children. (laughs) The raconteur collection is a show about everything and nothing all at the same time. Hosted by by the brothers, Jack and Charlie, and joined by their basement dweller, Michael. Racketeer Collection has episodes about a large number and variety of topics. Topics ranging from ghosts, goblins, Ghouls, goblin kings. Goblin kings, that's a good one. Video games, movies, large, I wouldn't say ranting sessions, but large sessions where they contemplate the finer things of life, social media, fears, dreams. All of that can be found within the Racketeer Collection. Lost Arcana and Lost knowledge. Arcana. I love that. I love that. And we are happy today to be doing the follow-up, the long-awaited, some would say, follow-up to Elden Ring. Let me, can I just say real quick, uh, the Elden Ring Part 1 release got, like, a really good reception, like, numbers-wise. Yeah. Like, like, listeners and all that kind of stuff. So I just want to say thank you to those who are listening to the Elden Ring Part 1. I really appreciate that, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's really cool to see, so. I mean, hey, if you guys like it, you know, feel free to comment on our social medias and or actually there are like new like poll survey things you can do on like Spotify podcasts now. So I'm going to start trying that out to see if I can mm. get some interaction going. So but that's just on Spotify. So if you guys are listening elsewhere, I really appreciate that, too. So excellent. We appreciate that. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> Last time we talked a lot about our initial thoughts and feelings on Elden Ring and I thought that we had a very good discussion, Jack. We were able to kind of talk about the things we liked about the game, or we, me, I liked about the game, the things that you didn't like about the game. And what I loved about that conversation was coming away from it, having, a, I feel like, a much better perspective on your experience with the game versus yeah. the way I experienced games. And that was, I think, very eye-opening for me because for there's, I think I have this tendency to... And don't don't get mad at me. I think I have this tendency to when you don't like things, I think he doesn't like it because everybody likes it right now. Like I have this like thing where this running theory where I'm like, Jack just doesn't like this because everybody else is talking about it. And it always happens to where I feel like after it's passed, after nobody's talking about it, Jack picks it up and he's like, Wow, you guys play this is really good. Sometimes <laughs> now, that well, is true. I know what what give me the like the prime <laughs> example. What like what, when did this start? What was the first the first thing I would just like to say, you self-admittedly have said this about yourself before. When did I say this about myself? Well, oh, see, that's so. That's that's <laughs> the funny part is I don't think it is something that is. Real. I don't think it's true. I just think it is yeah. within like the popular things that like I'm enjoying mm-hmm. that you seem to not enjoy. Because like you play games like Call of Duty, which is arguably more popular than anything I like. So like, what am I over here doing? You know what I mean? 
we also tend to play games at different times than each other. Like yeah. I was playing the Switch for a few years there while you guys had like the PlayStation and mm. I didn't have one yet. Now I can graciously say that I am a part of the PlayStation clan again. Oh. And it Glee, has been incredible. Glee clan? Got a, it's a great clan. Dude, I've got a huge catalog of games mm. to get through. You got I didn't know you had a PlayStation again. I got a PS5 yeah. for my Yes, sir. Give me I'm some part, skin. I'm part of the gang. They are back at retail price. Dude, download DMZ. No, I'm kidding. Dude, I, I have a, a Plus <laughs> membership and all of the free games that they have for you. It's incredible. So awesome. I've got Bloodborne on deck. I've got... Oh, yeah. You know, demons. Dude, Souls the premium's worth it, man. That twenty yep. bucks a month. Yep. Hey, do the yearly subscription. That's what that's... I did was for the year, but it's I was like gonna say, even if you just have it for a year to like play all the games and then you mm-hmm. stop. <laughs> yeah, and I mean full yeah. retail price, like seventy dollar. Like Horizon Forbidden West just came out for free, and I was like, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah. So anyway, I've been really enjoying that. I got a bunch of games to play, but once this new uh, expansion comes out for Elden Ring, uh, definitely gonna hop yeah. back in on the PlayStation and. Get back into it. It's been is that minute. coming out this year? You think, or do you think it's they gonna didn't, be? They, they didn't, didn't give it a date. Yeah, I would imagine if it comes out this year, maybe around holiday time, and if not, I think maybe like February, March next year. I don't really know anything about it, but I'm sure we'll hear about it more. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But through that whole conversation, I really enjoyed learning your perspective. I'm pretty And so to start us off here, Michael, I'd like to uh, give you the. The stage so to speak and tell us about kind of your perspective on elden ring give us the detailed lore of every character or you're out oh okay easy yeah Uh, you know i have it pulled up right here uh (laughs) this is gonna be about a 24 hour long episode (laughs) and that's one thing i will say like there's a ton of lore there's a ton of you know content to this game a lot we can talk about pick apart so I'd like to like do a lot of hitting on things that just kind of struck me, like and you know, uh, kind of generally the games look for sure beautiful, fantastic, just like all Souls games. You know, I think the variance, just adding on to that, the variance in the areas is really like distinct, and so like yes. it makes it very visually striking when you enter a new area, very especially like so. the Atlas Plateau. I think is like one of the coolest places that you enter into. It's yes. really well done. Enemy design. Pretty pretty well done. I like the varied enemies. It doesn't strike me as a game. Like some people have complained about the reuse of, you know, enemy models and stuff, but when you look at a game like Zelda and you have like four bosses types and four enemies that are just constantly recycled, it's hard to be critical of Elden Ring for maybe reusing a model once or twice, you know, here and there. Um I think the enemy design, the level design is good. Um the open world kind of no uh lead kind of just edge of the map thing where you just have no idea what to do where to go um that part it it, there are times that i love it and times that i found it frustrating when i was playing you know where it was literally like how am i supposed to know that i need that amulet to be more effective with this weapon you know and stuff like that so it was like there was a lot of times I was like, this isn't like Demon Souls where I can play it without looking at the internet at all. Like, it's almost impossible. Yeah, because Demon Souls is pretty linear. Very it's like probably much. the most linear Souls game, so. But that said, uh, I put in a heck of a ton of hours in it, like 300 hours between two characters. So I definitely enjoyed it. But, um, you know, Charlie and I were uh, discussing this before we started about, I don't know if I would pop back in again. 
You know, like at I least think, for a while. Yeah, I don't know about the replayability on it, just because it's like such an exhausting big game that once you finish it, it's kind of like a huge book that you just kind of want to put on the shelf for a while. Yeah, you open it again next year. Or something, yeah, or know? when that expansion yeah. comes out, but um, it doesn't, you know, take away from the fact it was a good game. It's just, you know, it doesn't have a lot of replayability, in my opinion. It's very like single player game esque in that way. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, for the most part, like when a single player game comes out, you play it through once, maybe play it through twice, and then you put it away for a while, and then you'll kind of come back to it. Yeah. yeah. I but do I mean, think it's a little funny to say it's not replayable because, like, I spent so much time with it. And especially, like, I look back at, like, I probably have played games like oblivion or skyrim more but it's really hard to get a total count on like how long i've actually played those games right through mm-hmm. how many different characters so i would i would not be surprised if like elden ring is up there and like the most play time i put into other games you know what i mean for sure and just i the think the amount of times you replay the same part just to get it right well right. have you started like a new character and played through the game that, again that's, that's exactly i think that's where i kind right. of Exactly, and so I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly what I was going to say. There have been, I've had like the the desire to go back and experience it again, but when I actually go in, start the new character, I'm all good. I want to go through. I go through the tutorial, but that's usually I usually like find myself where I'm like I don't want to do this beginning part again. I don't. I almost I was telling Michael before we started. I wish I could do like skip the first like five to ten hours to mm-hmm. where. I maybe have, like, one great rune. I have, like, the start of a build. I could go in a couple different directions. Because for me, like, I tried to start a magic character. And I got to tell you, like, I hate... Sorry, I hate a strong word. I really have a hard time getting into, like, the the flow of, like, wanting to cast these spells all the time. Casting the same spell. I get so sick of just seeing it in a sim way that's, like, different for me, like, hitting something with a sword. And I'm like, I don't want to go look for these spells. I don't want to go. I don't want to have to like use this guide to create this character. And for me, I talked about it a lot last time, but like just the sword strength kind of getting mm-hmm. up and personal with enemies is just the way I really enjoy playing. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people, they get enjoyment from like all the spells and all the stuff and all the. They had the opposite experience yeah. of you. Yeah. Like, so, t- so tell me a little bit about that because for me, like, and sorry, I'm going to go on just a little bit longer. But sure, yeah. for, for me, I I really did struggle with that in the game. Is like I like looting all the stuff, and I think even if they were like they just gave me a little thumbs up and were like, "Oh, you looted this this cave," I'd be like, "Cool, I got the thumbs up." But like when I'd get to the end and it's like you open it up and it's like crystal spear, I'm like, "Yeah, cool, <laughs> never, never gonna use that. No, nope. never. There is no world where they're like, "Oh, hey, look at this really cool dex weapon." I'm like, "Hmm." Cool. But, cool. I'll put another upgrade into my yeah. <laughs> my long sword. <laughs> I will say, like the cool thing there is that you can hold on to everything and use it in another playthrough on your new game, and like still have all those weapons if you decide to move mm. to Dax. True. And I think that's where the advantage is there, like because it's not like they limit how many weapons you can carry or mm-hmm. anything like that, but. I was going to say my first playthrough, same thing, like all Souls games, I always do strength, shield, or like two-handed, um, and just kind of go through that way. And I did that, and I loved it, but I also had a hard time with certain 
enemies, certain yeah. bosses that just were very tough to not have any kind of range on. And so my second playthrough, when I went with uh, Mage, I had a really, really fun time. I mean, it was a little getting used to, but there was those times when if I needed to be like in combat, like, you know, hand-to-hand combat, I could just switch to my intelligence rated sword, you know, and be just as effective as my, you know, uh, strength build from before. So, you know, I had that like flexibility of range, you know, cool spells that you get to pick from and hmm. like you can kind of slip into that other side of things too. Yeah. What, what I think is cool about the magic in this one though is that you have a lot of like sword slicing magic. Like there's yes. that, like carrying slicer where you just... Mm-hmm. And I know I've like praised like Laura's ability a lot in this game, but like she does like 700 damage per slice on every enemy, enemy with that. And so it's just like boom, boom, boom. I'm yeah. like, I feel like my builds are useless. Like I'm just like there to like aggro and then she's yeah. like... When we're fighting, like, Melina with, like, we're helping people, like, fight her, she'll just sit back there and, like, every hit's, like, almost 2,000 damage. Just boom, boom, boom. And I'm, like, God, like I'm just, like, completely, that, uh, like, outclassed your damage-wise, you know? Dark Moon Great Sword with that, you know, the arcane slice mm-hmm. that comes out of it, which that's a callback to Demon Souls, which I love. Yeah. Um, and, you well, know, just, like, the flexibility in the magic casters for me was fun. Yeah. But I understand, like, it's kind of annoying having to switch between a bunch of spells and combat. There is, like, an extra layer of, like, it's almost harder to focus on moving around and stuff. Hmm. Um, but there are some really cool spells. Like you said, like, the mo- like the like you summon the blade and it slices mm-hmm. or, you know, like the great moon spell, you know, where you flip and send the moon out and it does a ton of damage. Um, but... You know, I can also understand, like, the strength. Like, once you're used to that, going range is kind of difficult because you're talking about long cast times and kind of a weird lag, you know. I have but, two questions for you. Did you ever, yeah. maybe for both you two, did you guys ever use, like, the larval tears to respect your character? Many times. I've done that so many times to try out different builds. Like, Faith, yeah. Dex, mm. Strike. I've done, like, that so many times. I've, and I've, I've come m- back to Faith, finally. I'm using, like, the Dragon Lightning Oh, stuff. cool. Right on. Yeah, I never really got into Faith, but... I respect a few times to kind of try out different like dex weapons with like the, you know, mm-hmm. what is it? The blood ability. Rivers of blood or yeah, whatever. Yeah. That blade. I mean, it's cool, but it was like, I don't really have fun with this. So there were some play styles that I was not a big fan of, um, but I definitely am a strength guy and being able to kind of combine that with magic was really fun. Yeah. I use, I think, Laurel Tales twice for my first character. Once to like, restat and like i was like ah, i put some points in here that i didn't ever use so it was like restatting like six or seven points over like a 100 mm-hmm. levels yeah and then the second time i used one i changed some things around to where i could take more advantage of using a bow i gave myself like just enough decks to mm-hmm. like use a bow and it's nice to have so that was the only time like i, I said i i <clears throat> for some reason i don't and I think it might just be like a me thing. Like I kind of like settle into like what I'm comfortable with and I don't like venturing outside of that. And I don't know if that's just because it's like that's what I'm used to. And maybe I should like break that comfort zone and really try to embrace another class. It would be interesting, I think, for whatever Souls type game comes out next for me to not do strength from the get go and to do magic from the get go. That would be, I think, a real test for me. We'll do like a battle mage. Yeah. But see, that's the thing is like, when I play a battle mage, I really like the idea, but I feel like I'm not good enough at either one. And so I'd rather just do a fighter or a mage. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I hate that feeling where I'm like, 
man, I'm doing 400. That's good with my spells and my blade. But I could be doing 600 if I just specced harder into one. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know why. But I mean, that that versatility <clears throat> of being able to cast spells with one hand and then have like a yeah. heavy iron great shield on your other you know, it's like you can be a really tanky mage. Or I do really want to say, mage. being a doing a, being a faith build is real annoying for the last bosses. All the last bosses are strong versus holy, and I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah okay, like cool, like that's great, no big deal. Yep. So, well, it brings up a really good point. You brought up Melania, of course, which I'm sure we'll get to her because that's why. How could we not? Oh man. <laughs> but a huge blind spot of our last episode, or not a blind spot, but we were kind of leading into there is the whole end game. And so starting off, we started a course, a course, oh, I said it's so weird, a course. We a started course. and talked about Lindell, which I love Lindell as an area. Beautiful, beautiful Lindell. I, Book your vacation now my on favorite, Airbnb. Exactly. My favorite We're not areas. not sponsored by Airbnb. Going up through like the Altus Plateau for the first time and going to the Holy City for the first time is like such a cool moment. I spent so long just like running around the field because I was like, I don't, I want to savor this moment. I don't want to get to the city yet. And then when you get to the city and you're like, man, I can run around this whole city. I can go on tops of all these buildings. There's so much to explore. I can go underneath the city. (laughs) Yeah, it's so layered and deep. I absolutely love it. And of course, you're getting closer and closer to the Erd Tree, which Mm. that's also exciting as well. And the, the two bosses that I think we didn't talk about, so... We talked a little bit about the shade of Godfrey, the little golden version. I don't really want to talk about him too much. I like kind of, I want to talk and touch briefly on the three bosses leading up to, I would say like Morgoth, or maybe, maybe it's not, no, to Godfrey proper, let's say. So we're so, talking about Gideon off now. Yeah, so Gideon, Gideon. Morgoth, and then of course uh, Godfrey. Do you go up, actually go up and. <laughs> Horribly cock-blocked by the yes. thorns of the elven tree. <laughs> oh, Yeah, you can't even do anything there. Uh, but yeah, I like Gideon as a boss fight. I like that the more that you tell him about the other bosses, like when you fill him in, in the round table, he has different spells that he like learns from that. Ooh. That's kind of cool. That Actually, is cool. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't did die that. to him a couple times because he has that revenge spell to where if you hit him enough, he like... It retaliates against you, and that like murdered me mm-hmm. hard a couple times. Because he's uh, he's such like a squishy little mage that like I just wanted to like run up and smack him to death. Because if you let him cast spells, it's, it's horrible. You see, I was able to get him with my double sides at the time. Yeah. If you can stagger him enough, oh yeah, he, he, he's the best like way. yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty, you know, not tanky. He just has a lot of HP like every boss. Yeah. So it's you know, and I do, yeah. I do like. I've always been a fan of like NPCs who you're not necessarily friendly with, but you're around a lot, like fighting them later. That's mm-hmm. always a fun thing. So it was fun to fight him. I didn't really listen to his monologue. I like didn't let him finish. Yeah. I was just like he was talking. I was just running it, up to him. I will <laughs> say it works better. Yeah, like, I, I did like not that. Win. Like he's. I know last time I was not so hot on the intro, and like I like the Dark Souls intro where they talk about like Gwen and Seath and Nito, and you get all you know fight all of those guys later. Like, when you get to the Dung Eater, it's like, cool, he's the Dung Eater. But since it's a more subdued story that I think you kind of have to dig into to appreciate, sure. it's weird that he's in the intro. But, like, Gideon kind of translates, I think, the best because he is mentioned. You do talk to him a lot, at least 
the way I play these games, I every time I go to the roundtable hold, I'll talk to everybody just to see if they say anything different. I didn't actually have a lot of conversation with Gideon throughout my first playthrough. Mm. I didn't really realize. Um, I talked to him about ugh, there. There's like a mage in. Oh, I'm botching the names. There's like a, ma- a major or a sage, one of the two, in that like major city in Caled. Mm. He's like in that shack or whatever. And he oh, gives you yeah. like a poison potion or something. And if you, you can go like give it to Gideon. Oh. And he'll oh. be like, oh, like you can go back and tell him that you did whatever. But like, I, I know who never... you're talking about. I don't know their name. Yeah, I don't and, but I was like, I don't even really know what that did. But I was like, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, go back and tell him. But I, I can't remember what yeah. he said or, you know, so. Yeah, there's so many strange extrapolating like relationships and just yeah. kind of interconnected like. Like kind of side quest lines and just kind of strange character stories as you go through it, like the dung oh, so eater, many. like all these characters that are in the round table, and you know you kind of have a different experience with each of them. It's really yeah. cool how the blacksmith gets like his mind wiped or whatever. And that's one yeah. of my, fa- I think that's one of my favorites. Yeah, well, like, that you're like, a- oh, because like he was gonna leave with um, yeah. Rod- Rodrika, spe- yeah, yeah. The spirit tuner, you yeah. know, and then those two I think are like. They're always around. Very introduced them very early, but some of my favorite characters, I think, are those two. I love mm-hmm. that relationship yeah. where he that was like, like the facts hard, yeah. but he actually does want to like train this like you know girl mm. to like hone her craft, and I think that's just cool, you know. Yeah, a much cooler boss is Morgot, the Omen King. Mm-hmm. While I think I first, I because I I do this thing sometimes where I'm like, oh, I'm going into a new boss. Let me just see how I do. I'm not going to use any buffs. I'm not going to do anything special. Just me, my healing items. Let's see what I do. Just to yeah. kind of test it out. I make sure I spend all my soul so I can just die, you know. Oh, and he's the one. His twin brother is Moog, the yes. Blood Lord. Which we'll, we'll, go, we'll get into all that stuff. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, cool. Another cool fight. Oh, yeah. They are. Yeah, but can be cool. annoying. <laughs> but his boss fight, I think, while on the easy side, is really cool. It is. I love that. I've always loved when you fight bosses once. And then you get to fight him again. Well, and it reminds you so much of like Godfrey, uh, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Godric, like that yeah. fight. And so it has that reminiscent feeling, but it's different, you know? Yeah. And then so you have like this kind of strange like feeling when you go into this fight. And I love when he breaks his sword and like the pieces fall off and all of the cool spells he has where like the light swords drop from the sky. Like it is like some of the coolest anime non-anime shit like i have seen where For i'm just sure. like this is so cool yeah i wish it was a little bit more of an intense fight like i think they could ratchet up the difficulty a little bit at least for my character i didn't i think i was a little over leveled for this part and so like i was able to stomp him a little bit yeah his like holy spear throw like oh, the, he has like the range though of like he can hit you anywhere you are in yeah. the arena and i just like the type of fight that is it reminds me a lot of like an artorius fight where it's like he's using magic but he's also a very physical fighter Mm. it feels like much more like you're you guys are both fighting for something you like truly believe in like you're wanting to get to the tree he's blocking you and thinks that nobody else should get there well and that's the whole thing like this guy uh you know he's basically like all of these like golden uh people like everybody that considers themselves a part of the golden order you know with the erd tree to protect the erd tree they are all very much like you know, single-minded in their faith and their yeah. belief in their and their order. Yeah. Not sorry to interrupt, but yeah, no, that's I all like, I'm saying. I really like that because he believes in the golden order, yet he is kind of looked down upon within the golden order. Right. 
And that's one uh, thing. There's a dichotomy here that I actually think is interesting where like these disgusting looking, you know, twisted beings, like yeah. these kind of like almost like abominations almost mm-hmm. are like considered holy and like champions of like something holy. You know what I mean? It almost like kind of like makes the idea of holy like null. You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. Yeah, like a like a false kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's belief or religion yeah. or whatever it is that you know um, they're all a part of. But it does have a, kind of this interesting dichotomy there for me. Yeah. So Jack, tell me, I I could be remembering this wrong. I don't think you fight uh, Godfrey right after. I think I hope I'm saying his name. Is it Godfrey? Right after Morgoth? I don't think you do fight him right after Morgoth. No, you have to go. You have to burn the tree first. Yes. yes. So you then come back. So, you so have to do the, the whole, whole fire giant happens in between, which yeah, we can we talk, can talk about. about the fire giant. I mean, he's big. So I will say, like f- fighting him. Obviously, I put this whole game with Laura, so I didn't use my horse. But I tried it one time solo with the horse, and it's super cool to like kind of go up it and it's cool. Like, and I got close to beating him, but then he. Smash me with his big shield or whatever, and, and I think, then okay, gets well, you under his, his tummy and rolls around. Yeah, he, he's like, he like, oh, you can dodge. I <laughs> so I wanted to ask you guys, though, like the first part of that fight makes a lot of sense because you're like attaching, like attacking, like the hair thing, and you break mm-hmm. it, and then his leg breaks. I always felt like I was doing the second part of the fight wrong because, like, I felt like I was barely doing any damage, and it was just kind of like. I was just waiting for him to do something so I could go up and hit him and then run away. Right. Like, I never felt like... I felt like I was missing, like, another mechanic that would help me do more damage or... Uh, I think that mechanic is that you can hit a lot of those fireballs back at him. What? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I think maybe you were missing that. Yeah. Part. No, that that's definitely... You got time Kingdom Hearts? That's I know. <laughs> Seriously. I know. Yeah. That's definitely... That, that never is even, a very Kingdom Hearts thing. Definitely never even... I never even tried to hit his fireballs Well, because, like, that's not, like... A mecha- that's one thing... That, this game has it has mechanics in it that you didn't really think were possible. Yeah, and it's really weird, like kind of for different every boss. Like, there's a very different strategy. Yeah, well, and see, normally you can kind of <clears throat> suss it out, right? Because like, there's always, to me at least, with the really well designed bosses, you can tell when you're fighting them right versus when you're fighting them wrong. Like Star Scourge Radon is a boss I felt I fought wrong because I never quite understood how to like avoid his huge moves or to like fight him toe to toe. I always felt like I kind of had to like lean into the gimmick of summoning everybody. You know, I, I have to correct myself because like I'm looking into it because it does sound like crazy now that I said it. I don't think you can hit those fireballs. Oh, oh, oh okay. I think. Okay. okay. I was like, I, think, I was like, dude, I never even tried. <laughs> smack. Those no, back. you probably shouldn't. Any listeners out there, I wouldn't recommend that. Strategy. Somebody's listening. Let us know if it works, but somebody's listening to it and they're like, Oh, I could try that. <laughs> pause the episode. <laughs> Well, uh, I think that uh, really the thing with the thing with him is like I think what I ended up doing was doing a rot like crimson mm. rot on him and like kind of letting his health bleed out while dodging. Yeah, because like he is a tanky guy. Yeah, but, yeah. A lot of the bosses, especially late game bosses, have a lot of HP, and yeah. fighting like the fire giant, he just has and so kind of, much health. Yeah. And so, like in the old games, when it was like, um, oh, what. God, I was saying it so much the other day. Um, a, a fight, like, just see who can outlast the other. What's that called? Um, Terry, look at me like, like you have a duel? No, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Like Soul no. Calibur? No, oh my gosh. <sighs> I have Soul Calibur 6 me, on my PlayStation. No. It reminds me a little bit of Dark Souls 2. <laughs> Dark Souls 2 has a lot of bosses that just have a lot of HP. Like, I think mm. if, what's his name? And, like, all the DLC bosses especially are mm-hmm. real... 
Tinky. I mean, I'm trying to think of what Jack's trying to think of. I don't know. Uh, but Elden Ring Kyrick, does have its fair victory? share. No, that's not what he's looking for. It, ha- it does have its fair yeah. share of very tanky bosses. But um, the... Especially like those... What are those guys called? The, the bird... Uh, rights like the death rights or whatever oh yeah the death right birds yeah, yeah. those things man. those things are yeah Woo. but i love the the snowfield area i don't necessarily like oh it. the consecrated snowfield i don't think we gotta go to it. it's this is when you go all the way up to the top of the cliff gotcha yeah yeah and when like, you, whenever you're crossing the bridge chains really cool i do remember entering that area with the I don't remember what they're called. They're like the weird frost knights. A battle of like attrition, ah, I think. Where like attrition. you know, so like an old in the old game. How sorry would to, I have sorry to interject that. here. <laughs> like in the old games, like you know, you have these bosses where you're like, okay, I can like slowly wear them down, have enough heals, but like mm-hmm. use all my heals, but still like get them down. Meanwhile, like an Elden Ring, especially like some of these bosses just have such huge health bars and then do like a thousand damage a hit. So you're like, I have to basically no hit this for. 75% of it, you know. Elden Ring has a fun, like, obsession with, like, dual bosses, too, that is annoying kind of at times. How many times, like, you, fight, how many fight do you, times do you fight the Godskin duo? Like, yeah, the Godskin duo can be tough. And then also those crystal twins that you have to, like, use a hammer on. You oh, know I know. What I'm talking I know, about? I know I'm, those guys are tough. But yeah. I don't know. They, I, there's a lot of dual bosses for sure. Yeah. So I really like the whole Mountaintop of the Giants. I like... It, the decision when you get to the top and you have to choose to Michael and I were it's struggling with all the M. Michael and I were struggling with all the M names, but when you can choose to burn Melina, Mel, Melina or Melina, Melina yeah. your finger maiden, mm-hmm. which why are they called finger? I'm, I that's fine. <laughs> that's 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 never mind. It was yeah, but like choosing, but choosing to burn her and burn the burn the Erd tree. I really like how, at least in my experience playing the game, that felt like a very, not wrong thing to do, but like a very, like a thing of consequence. It like I was like, like a tough choice. Like you burn it and it starts burning and I'm like, is that, should I have done that? Like yeah. I felt like when the tree was burning, I was like, ooh, and then you go to the Ashen Capital, you're like, um, oh yeah. yeah, I don't feel good about this. Yeah, and I, but, <laughs> but I really, you know, I none really of the wish, endings feel good. I, I really wish there were more <laughs> moments in Souls games like that, to where you could affect areas like and change mm. things for better or for worse. You know, I this is a weird callback, but they a long time ago they rebooted the Prince of Persia games, and they did one with a really oh, pastelly art style. That's cool. Yeah, yeah where yeah, you yeah. could go and like re. Like, add life back to these ruins. Sure, yeah. I almost wish... That was an interesting game. Yeah. Not a great game. It's, def- uh, it's definitely, definitely like a 6 or 7 out of 10. So it's right. not, But I really wish, like with the Ashen Capital, how there's more moments like that to where you could kind of like... Like, even when the comet hits after Starscrater Dawn and, like, blows that stuff out, you can go to the underground cities. I love those changes mm-hmm. to the map where, like, something you thought you knew... Reminds me of Hollow Knight after you unleash the infection and you go back mm-hmm. to the first area and it's all infected. Like those changing, I really like those a lot. Or even like Hades, like as you uh, like continue through Hades and things start to change mm-hmm. like in the chamber. It's, I do love that. Elden Ring has consequences to any decision you make, but it's like no matter what decision you make for your ending, it doesn't really feel like a good or a bad thing. It just feels like Frenzy Flame feels kind of bad. The Frenzied Flame one is 
I, I did that one on my second Isn't that where one. you just destroy the world, basically? Well, uh, kind of. You chaos. just introduce yeah. chaos into yeah. everything. So we'll talk a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the, the endings later. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll say what my ending was when we get to it. So. But, but, of course... Yeah, no, no that that, yeah. that moment, the, the burning urgency oh, is beautiful. Great. Like, very striking moment in the game. Of course, then going back up, and then this is when you fight uh, God, Godfrey. Godfrey. The first Elden Lord. That's a great With the wolf, like, clutching on his shoulders. boss... I absolutely love this boss, um, especially like the shift halfway through where he like discards his royal title to like fight you like man on man, yeah. which is so cool. It, you, sorry, go ahead. It very much reminds me of, I mean, so much of the Souls games I think are have a lot of those like really awesome anime roots. This reminds me a lot of when Ichigo from Bleach fights Kimpachi. And like mm. he's like, oh yeah, dude. Now we're just gonna fucking fight. And you're like, yes. Oh, language. Yeah. Oh, sorry, language. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's that feeling where it's like, dude, this is not about titles anymore. This is not. We're just gonna, right. we're just gonna murder so each yeah, other. And you're mono, like, mono, and you're basically. like, yes. It's so funny. So like, I'll, I'm, I'm playing on the PS4. Laura plays on the PS5, and I'll like help people in that fight. And they'll like we'll sit there and watch the cutscene. Yeah. And the PS4 takes a while to load sometimes. And so I'll load in and the guy's like in the air yeah, getting hit up. You. <laughs> getting hit by that at the same time, you're like, oh it's also so cool. Set is yeah. so it's, it's fun. incredible. It's but fun. like just quickly, uh, so yeah. Godfrey, like his kind of background history is maybe some of the most interesting of mm-hmm. any of the characters. So, like, he was just a powerful, powerful warrior, like back in the day. Why aren't you bigger than an average person? I feel like all these guys, like all these bosses, are huge because just because they're real strong. I'm like, well, maybe real it's strong. because they're demigods. But like, why? Aren't you? Come on, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, he was uh, Queen America's first consort, and he was just chosen because mm-hmm. he was such a powerful warrior, and she needed someone to help him yep, rush conquer. in the Golden Order. Yeah, right, which is really cool. So you know, basically everyone that is given like or chosen for this kind of guidehood is called an Imperion. Is yes, what it's called. Yeah. And the Imperians, like Ronnie is an Imperion and she has her wolf protector. Uh, America was an Imperion, you know, destined for Godhood. Yeah. And she had Let me her pause beast. you real quick. Sure. Just to say, th- so I have in my notes, you're totally right because, all right, so I have the Greater Will, which is the god behind Elden, the Elden Ring. Right. Or power, whatever you want to call it. Works through agents and emissaries. Uh, America sent to the lands between. Her original people are called the Newman. Right. Emissaries of the Greater Well, the Two Fingers, chose Merica to be an Empyrean, a being who is elevated to Godhead and serve as a vessel of the Elden Ring. So, right. yeah, I do believe that Godfrey is. But the when Empyreans, he, they ascends need. from Horalu to Godfrey, he's, I think, known as an. I don't know. Yeah, he basically becomes a demigod at that moment. But they right. all have these beasts that yeah. are basically used, like, and it's kind of implied that they are like the order keepers for those champions. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Merica is, like, uh, basically, like, you know, thing that keeps her in check is Malekith. You know, yeah. and it's the same with uh, Ronnie like, yeah. and Blade. And it's the same with, uh, you know, Godfrey and his, like, you know, wolf, whatever yeah. the name is, that, like, hovers over oh, his so shoulders. Cool. So, anyway, just a cool point I was kind of reading no, about. I love it. And I love his design, too. Like, his broken axe. Oh. And, like, there is the just... The braided beard. Yeah, it is just... It's very cool. And so, of course, you get up there, and the earth tree's like, nope. <laughs> no, I, at that point, you can. Yeah, you can go you through. You can go through. But 
There are still some side things to do. Yeah, before, before we talk we, about the, before the we talk about two. Radagon and Elven Beast. Well, yeah, there's uh, the we... Legacy Dungeon for uh, Melania, oh. the Blade of Mikula. But uh, Jack, it seems like you had a little bit of experience with Moog, the Lord of Blood. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me so, a bit about Moog. Mm-hmm. Moog, I almost went up and fought him without that um, mixed physic thing. Nah, I had no. I don't know when the game told you about that. <laughs> But like I'm, going to, I'm, I'm about to enter and fight him, and Laura like, "You have the thing, right?" And I was like, "What thing?" She's like, "Oh, you gotta go to this random church in Atlas Plateau and fight this person that's like gets like someone there." And I was like, "When was I told this?" Yeah, but then you fight that they was like the twin red blade or whatever to get the mixing. I was like, "It's like a super helpful thing to have." Yeah, no, I was, I was like, okay, <laughs> but like, I was like the the fight overall was like really cool, but. Also, kind of like when he was doing this thing, yeah, like shooting the thing up. I was like, I hate this. Oh my! Because I I hate seeing people use. You just have to save your health. So I don't think I used whatever you're talking about. You didn't? No. So the wonder is physic. Yeah, it nullifies that ritual he does. Ah, like blood losses. Oh, like there's a specific. Yeah, I just I I never found that. I just healed through it. Yeah, yeah, it basically makes it where you don't have to heal through it. Ah. Uh, yeah. well, so it makes nice. it a lot less like annoying if you miss it or mess up. Yeah. Yeah, Moog, he's annoying for sure. Uh, that whole lead up to him is cool, though. I is. literally like, because I, when I first got to the underground cities and you see that area far off, I was like, yeah, how do you get there? Yeah. How do you get there? And so it's really cool to finally go there and go through that whole I've, area. That area we, is annoying, though. We'll come through. Our t- is, is the place bef- like below him before you turn like the, the blood dogs? I was gonna say the rot lake thing or whatever. Oh, dude, the, I hate that place. It's actually actually the, the lake worst, of rot. It's actually the worst place in all of Soul. Like, you know, from dude, software the, games. The uh, lake of rot. I don't know the rot lake and demon souls. That no. whole level. Dude, is dude, is Scarlet like rot is so much worse. No, than it is poison. Worse. That's the, true. The boss I struggled with a lot is there's in the lake of rot. Sorry, there's one squeaking. of the dragon soldiers that's like in the rot, and you have to like fight him coming in and out of the rot, dude. That. It's just like a. I like really haven't explored the rot at all. I fought like one boss that came out of the rot, and that was it. I was yeah. like, I, I can't. I'm not. I'm not. This is stupid. Yeah. But of course, before we get to, I think some of the, like a boss like Melania. There's a couple other ones. There's yeah, 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 yeah. I think a big part that we skipped is going after you make the choice to burn the Earth Tree. You get taken, I think, to Faramazula. Yeah, Faramazula is like. It that, opens up at the end, and it's where the yeah. dragons are flying around. I really yeah. like that area a lot. I like how, looking at the architecture of that, you can see that like that's where a lot of the pieces that you find like that are fallen to the ground have come from this city. Very like castle in the sky. Yeah, Vibes. honestly, my first thoughts were Dark Souls two because you thought you saw the flying things around. Very much like the airy, the dragon. Yeah, oh. and then also was like this is the place that Charlie would create if mm. he was able. Given a place to create and like oh a hundred percent that place is the huge tornado rough. in the middle the crumbling city all the dragons I, like the, I will say the, the crucible knight that is there is almost impossible to beat too uh, <laughs> that dragon that comes down like almost yeah when you first like go like through yep. you jump down and it goes like crashes down it's really very cool. cool I of course that whole area I do I did have trouble that's when I stopped fighting the dragons because I. Got to the point where I was like, God, these are just... Not worth it. Not worth it. And <laughs> I, I, this is one of the things I like circled back later and went through and like kind of systematically took them out. But I didn't try to fight them my first time. They're pretty... Dragons are pretty annoying. Um, of course, this is where you fight 
the boss, one of my favorites, at least uh, from like a visual standpoint, Malekith, which I did end up using Malekith's armor because his armor is... <laughs> Oh, it's it's really like cool. probably the coolest armor. Some of the coolest. Malekith. Th- God, this whole area just has like really awesome knights. It has those like forgotten knights that have like mm. the scarves all around their armor and dude, stuff. Dude, those guys. Dude, I don't know if you struggle. Did you struggle with those knights at all? Oh, yeah. They're a freaking like Ash of War that they do. Like, yes. You cannot like break that unless you no. time it just right. And so it's just so annoying to fight them because you're like, Boom, boom. And then they just do it. And you're like, stop. And they do it again. And they do it again. You're like, stop doing yeah, some this. Some of those late game enemies, man. Yeah. There's something else. <laughs> but I, of course, really like Malekith as a boss fight. I mean, Super starting cool. with the Beastman Clergy and then. Would you, you have seen him probably like in your playthrough before? Yeah. But you never really think of him as necessarily like a boss that you're going to have to fight. Yeah. And then like when he's coming at you, you're like, oh. Oh, man, because he's, like, running on all fours at yeah. you. <laughs> and, I, I mean, just the Elden Ring and all the Souls games are so good at, like, building up those mystique around boss fights when he changes form and his robes burn off and he, you know, pulls the blade out. And you're just that moment where he's, like, just posing in front of you for a second. And you're like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Whoa. And in that fight, I really like how the... For, you know, astute listeners, listeners who've been around for a while, they'll know that Jack and I, Michael, big fans of Berserk. Mm. Malekith having, like, that kind of Berserker armor feel where he's, like, just jumping. That's, like, the closest, like, representation I feel like we kind of got to, like, that type of just, like, armored, flipping, agile, like, yes. both a huge sword. I feel like he is guts like, embodied. And I think that's actually where a lot of the inspiration oh. probably came from. Because they Miyazaki's admitted that he's got a lot of inspiration from. Oh, that's uh, so good. Berserk. And I, that is one of the first boss fights that I felt like I had to use my mimic tier to again not to do damage, but just to be like a distraction. Because mm-hmm. his blade hitting you and draining your health, he's I never. Too fast, you man. get like an item that you can use to deflect him, but I never figured out how to use that effectively, and so I just didn't. And so he was one of the ones where I felt like I was like, man, I have to. If I want to actually get through this and not spend, might not bang my head against a wall, like I'm going to have to have some sort of distraction. Yeah. So any thoughts about Malekith before we move on to some of these other bosses? Malekith, super cool. Like you said, you kind of sometimes need someone to distract him. And that's really all you need to, you know... Be able to get the damage in on them. Uh, again, I was talking about this before before we were recording, but like there are people who can solo these bosses without taking hits. Oh, of course. And I'm like, cool, but I don't have the time for that, and nor do I care. Maybe if I was like younger and had had nothing else to like worry about, I would care more. But I was like, yeah. no, like I just I'll summon someone, Lauren, I will fight him, mimic tier, whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. kind of Malakut is like a super cool fight, albeit annoying to hit sometimes. It. It's strange to me because I know that uh, both of you haven't played Sekiro. Mm. But I feel that the ending bosses like Malekith, Melania, not so much, I think, like Dragon Lord, the Dragon Lord's, uh, what, Placidious Axe or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. Very Dark Souls boss. I mean, like, you could not get any closer to, like, a Dark Souls boss, even, like, with a Lich Dragon, Fortis Axe. Very much. And even like I even think weird bosses like Estelle, the natural born of the void, like mm-hmm. bosses like that are very much within that Dark Souls category. But Malekith and Melania feel like they're Sekiro bosses. And 
by that I mean it almost feels like they're the game wants you to be up toe to toe with them. Right. And it almost feels like they need some kind of like Sekiro style deflection to where you could like meet blades with them and kind of deflect how fast they are. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can't really do that in Elden Ring. You can, of course, parry and stuff, but I'm not going to parry. I'm talking about just like... It's tough, yeah. Just meeting the blade and going like back and forth with them. I felt like I wanted to fight them like that. Again, that could be like a me thing where I kind of refused to learn actually how to fight them, and so I just <laughs> brute forced it with my mimic tier. Which you can do, especially with like staggering. Like oh, on, yeah. On those bosses in particular, like the end bosses, like it's a little bit easier to just kind of stagger him to keep going. Um, because other, I mean, Melania, she's coming to you no matter what, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. But, you know, we get through crumbling from Azula. You can, of course, at this point, go to the consecrated snowfields, go through that whole area. Um, and yeah, there, I, we can talk about, I mean, I think the dragon Lord placidious acts got that name. Really cool boss. Really just, I love the arena. I love how it goes yeah. back in time and you fight him. And it is just like, the Souls games, Elden Ring, are really good at being like, hey, this Dragon Lord at one time, he was the boss. And now right. he's maimed. He's like almost dead, but he's still so much of this fight. Yeah, they're really good at doing that all the time mm-hmm. where they're like, no, this you're not. This is him at 5% You're not power. fighting anybody. You know what I mean? 5%. Yeah, yeah, this is only right. 2% of his power. But that like, fight is cool. I love how he like disintegrates. Because they this. do that with Rendon too. Yeah. Like, or they make you seem like this is like a broken, exactly. yeah, broken. Like, thing that needs to be put to death because it's so pitiful. And you're like, okay, cool. But it's also the strongest like thing <laughs> out there. And you're like, what? Like, I love it. And it's like implied. It's like, yeah, this is not what he used to be. He's a shell of himself. But I love how the dragon like goes back in like the storm cloud and like comes and apparates through and all the light, red lightning. Att- yes. I mean, so cool. Uh, I think another boss that sticks out to me is I mentioned it earlier, but if you go for the age of stars ending, you have to fight Estelle, the natural one of a void, the mm-hmm. weird like space creature. It's really cool. It's not necessarily hard. It's, it's noteworthy though. I think just for how like interesting of a boss fight it is just right. this bizarre. Is that the one with like the human skull? Yes. Yeah. And, and it, you okay. kind of get like, I like how you see like the life cycle of these things from like the falling star beasts. And how, like, this is kind of, like, the evolved full version of that. Right. Pokemon style. You're like, oh, look at that. Ah. Uh, all really cool bosses. But, of course, I think getting to... There's also... What's the uh, the spirit that you fight in... Uh, is it in the Clearna Lake region where it's, like, the deer? Oh, the Regal Ancestors. Yeah. yeah. I, that one was really... I know it's not, like, a hard oh. fight. Thematically, very cool, but very like beautiful. In fact, I've been using that music for our D and D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like the way like that it's done is really cool. Very cool. It's just like a how nice it gallops variety. through the sky. Yes, oh. yeah, really. Like yeah. kind of shoots the spells like from yeah. its antlers at you. But of course, I think getting to the last kind of like trio of bosses. So Melania, the Bad Batch, Radagon, <laughs> and the Elden Beast. We'll talk about Melania first, since Jack, you've gotten to Melania. I absolutely adore the whole haggle tree area, like coming from the tree, going to like the brace mm-hmm. and then going through all that stuff. I think that whole area is a very, very cool. I like like the mist begotten, like the weird, like yeah. ghoulish, like whatever they are, you know, mm-hmm. 
I don't know what they are, but they're like always like jumping at you with like little like butcher knives and stuff, you know, like. But ah. that, yeah, that area is very cool. I I think I talked to Jack. I don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was after, but I never really figured out how to fight those creepy multi-arm grafted guys that come out of the ground. Oh, and they're like, they and they're incredibly like aggro. No, those those are just the worst. Some of the worst enemies. I never in. figured out how to fight those. Which one are you talking about? They they're they pop up a couple times. So like. Hmm. They're they like spawn out of like the ground. Basically, they're more aggro versions of the tutorial boss that kills you. Got you. They like they scream and they like throw up acid and they're yeah. they constantly sink into the ground. Yeah, I never really figured out like how to fight them because they always did so much damage and I was always dying to them. So I felt like it was like, oh, if I don't kill them in the next three seconds, they're gonna kill me. And so. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but there's like when you stuff. go down into like the the depths of the, the race of the haggle tree, there's like a couple of them down there and like that trench. I just remember being like, this is awful. But you fight another <laughs> rotten avatar there. And of course, the whole time they don't you don't hear a lot about Melania, but of course, players will know a lot about Melania just from like marketing of the game. Mm-hmm. And you finally get to Melania. And which, she's in the intro too, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is an awesome boss fight. Again, I mean, Melania out of a lot of, I think, like the harder optional Souls bosses is very good. I think, I mean, the stuff they give her, I like that she's optional so you don't feel like, oh, I have to do this. But most, but you feel like you have, you have to, to do this yeah, once I mean, you start. So uh, that's how they get you. Michael, I'll kind of toss it to you first. Tell me a little bit about your experiences with Melania. Oh, my goodness. Man, I I love this boss. I love this uh, legacy dungeon. Like the area is really cool and everything. But once you once you fought Melania about I don't know fifteen twenty times, you start to feel like, am I ever going to be able to hack this? You know, and it's almost like the first time I beat her, it felt like dumb luck, and then the second phase started. Right, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, you like, know, man. yeah." And so it had already taken me so many tries just to beat that first phase, you know, and then getting into that second phase, and it took me about a month to actually beat that fight. Oh goodness! Like just like, you know, coming back to it after mm. doing other stuff and everything, but it took me a <clears> long <throat> time. And when I did it, I have never felt better about beating yeah. any boss, man. Cause I mean, she's tough, you know, and notorious for being tough, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great, great design, super cool looking boss with like oh. the prosthetic arm, you know, the scarlet, yeah. like bloom yeah. and just like, like the look of it all is really yeah. cool. The thematic and Jack, I'll toss it to you here in just a moment, but yeah, the thematic but elements. God, Oh. Dang that! You get really <laughs> tired of hearing what I'm Melania Blade of Mikla, <laughs> and I have you're, you get tired of hearing it. Like, oh, Stop! Man. But yeah, the thematic designs of the boss, I mean, amazing. I really like how FromSoft has done this with a lot of characters, like especially really powerful female characters, Sister Freed in Dark Souls Three, Lady Maria in Bloodborne. How they like constantly like have these like really intimidating hard boss fights. Mm-hmm. I that are like say, these. She felt beautiful. in a way kind of like Lady, uh, oh, Lady Maria from which we're going to talk about favorite bosses. I know, Michael, you haven't played it, but there's a boss in Bloodborne, Lady Maria of the Astral Clock the DLC. Yeah. Mm. I mean, just that title. Oh my God. And like it, she is so 
cool. What's her name? Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower. <laughs> Type in the whole thing. The whole thing. But I love how they do that. They kind of like, they're like, oh, look at this delicate, beautiful person. And they're like, no, this person absolutely murder you. But they're yeah, delicate. No. They're like beautiful. She will murk you. They're beautiful doing it at the time. And I like the the scarlet rot and all that stuff. Oh, she doesn't look like she'd be that hard. Jack, tell me a little bit about your experiences with me. Because how recent is, are you doing this? Are you doing it like. She's just got a cool week? hat. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like over the past week, basically, is when I started fighting. Mm. Uh, God, there's so many M names. Molina. Um, so Melania is Blade of Michaela because Melina is your. This is the. Okay. Well, I, I said Melina, not Melina. Oh, well, Melina is uh, your. Melina is someone else. She's your your one eyed spirit guide. Isn't that Melina? Melina, Melina, it's the same. Thing. Well, I thought Melina is what I'm referring to the boss. Melania or Melania. 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 I, I hate <laughs> that's my no, biggest there's this I hate game, this game. The naming oh, is Radon. Oh Radagon. Yeah, yeah, this, oh so, and it's like if you oh, know Morgan. Uh, all the names were kind of taken from George R. R. Martin's name, like G R R M. And those are the letters that are used for every one of the bosses and every one of the characters, basically. And it's very annoying. No wonder the story is too complicated. Yeah. I mean, you get Margot, Morgot, you no. know, Malika. It just goes on and on. Yeah, Jack, tell me a little bit about this. Your Anyways, <laughs> really fun fight. Um, definitely is, like, really fun to do, like, with people. And, like, yeah. when she's, like, aggroed on someone else and she does that, like, that the water foul like, dance. Like, there's all the <laughs> swings. You know if, like, the fight's going to end there or not, you know? Because, like, oh, no, there goes the host. Okay, yeah, yeah. sorry. You know, yeah. The fact that she um, does it twice in a row, that's, like, the part that hurts, you know? <laughs> but, you know, it's really fun, like, to kind of get up in her face and really, like, try to, you know, just combat her in that way. Especially, yeah. like, I'll run up and, like, jump in there, like, lightning next to her and then, like, you know, like, do all the slashing and try to roll out of the way. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, your classic yeah. fights. But, like, it's it's just... Her fight is just really intense and fun the whole time. Yeah. Um, the only lull in the fight is like when you're walking up to her and then it's like, boom. Like, yeah, it's it's very, yeah. very anime in a way. Oh, so mm-hmm. it's very, very much cool. so. It very, is the most anime fight. fight ever. It's so cool. Great fight. And of course now, before. Of course now. We get into kind of the the latter half of our episode like here. Uh, Radagon and the Elden Beast. I'll start us off here. I really like. Radagon as a boss fight. I do wish his boss fight was separated from the Elden Beast. Mm-hmm. I really like, I've always been a sucker for this, but like I really like when the intro music is used as a boss fight. And I so I really mm-hmm. like that the intro music, like the Elden Ring or the theme kind of is his up. boss fight. Mm-hmm. And how he like hammers that rune into the ground is so freaking cool. I will say like his fight honestly was probably my favorite fight it's, of the game. It's like, just badass. Him, his, like the way he does these, like some of these certain attacks oh, are so, so cool. Like he'll like throw I a know. bolt at you and then explodes and he like darts through it and like <laughs> yeah. swings at you. And like yeah. it is so Freaking I love cool. like it's the so hammer cool. and like his yeah it's, it's yeah really like well his done. red hair man that slight lag when he's reaching back though and you're like <laughs> do, do I dodge now do, do I dodge now you know yeah. it's but I, no. I will say this is like you know one of the many bosses that hits the ground and like sh- like the ground like shoots up yeah like all the cool bosses do that Malachi yeah. does it um 
what's his name, Horalu does it, like, all, like, those, like, ground attacks yeah. that just throw the ground up. But his is really cool in the fact that you, because he's, like, the, he's, like, the, like, holy order or whatever, yeah. um, the golden order, he's, like, hits the ground, like, you, like, like, a, the light, like, shines oh, through. It's, yeah. It's, it's like, a really and cool the, fight. Yeah, just that music. I mean, it reminds me of, I think, one of my favorite moments from watching anime when I watched uh, Tokyo Ghoul the first time, and... You have the intro for Tokyo Ghoul, and then at the very end, they have they play the intro music when he's fighting that guy, and it like oh, I just love that. It's almost how they incorporate the music in the 2016 Berserk anime. Yeah, like the really good parts and the music kicks in. You're like, oh, oh, baby, I love it. And so, of course, then right after his fight is the Elden Beast, which is I think pretty. I would say if fair to say controversial, like. People either like love it or hate it. Yeah. I I kind of feel like whatever about it. Like it never. It's fine. It never really stuck out to me. It was just like one final thing I had to do. It's okay. It's hard. Yeah. I will say it's hard, but it's annoyingly hard. It's not like oh, this is such a cool the, boss. Hard, the area you know? is cool. The lore behind it. Sure. It's, Here's my thing. Yeah. The the attacks are super cool. Like when he like looks at you and like shoots all like that purple like cosmic looking stuff at you and then like it explodes. Yeah. yeah. Or like when he like jumps in the air and like that ring comes around and like his attacks are super cool. Except for when he just swings the sword, I'm like, why do you even have a sword? It just doesn't like, feel as like, epic like, as Radagon. Yeah. yeah. Like for me, I feel like Radagon is like the ultimate like this would be the coolest last boss fight. And then it's like they tacked on the Elden Beast. And I know like in lore it only makes sense for it to happen in that order, but it just seemed Kind of it, strange. It kind of would have been cool to see like, like um, Radagon like turn into the Elven Beast or something. But like, yeah, I think mm, it's yeah, like almost it's, it's its own separate thing entirely. Right. I would so prefer kind of, to do Elven Beast then Radagon, right? And have Radagon be the like final. the Elven Beast is like the, like the final breaking yeah. of the ring or or whatever. Or even have will. something cool where like you you know you kill the Elven Beast and in their death animation like Radagon's the one who deals like the final blow to it and then you're fighting him. I'd, of course, mm. lore wise, that probably really messes things up. Or even but, if it was like almost like the Voldemort kind of thing at the end of Harry Potter, where it's like the Elven Beast was dying, yeah. and then your other fight ensues with Radagon yeah. or something, you know. But of course, you know that is the fight that wraps up the game. I think in terms of last bosses for All Souls games, so I think of this is not again Radagon. I think is what makes me like this fight. But if it was just the Elden Beast, just looking at the Elden Beast alone as like the final boss, I would have been disappointed. Doesn't stand up compared to a boss like Gwen, like for Dark Souls. You know, mm-hmm. when you enter the first, I mean, they really nailed it the first time. And bring, even bring, bring, like I know that the bring, the last bring, boss in Demon Souls bring, is you know kind of a joke boss, but like Old King Alon is mm. a good last boss when you fight him in Boletaria. You know, the last area, really good. I really like, like how King Alon, like, we'll, we'll literally just, like, suck a level off Girl, you. It's so and you're good. like, excuse me, <laughs> like, at that point. And then, costs, yeah. you know, you have Gwen with right. the piano music. and That's one of my favorites. You know, they call him the Lord of Cinder, and he's like, I, of course, never got into the super parry meta, so I never yeah. would, like, parry him. I've never been a parry dude either. Um, Dark Souls 2 had kind of a forgettable last boss with, uh, what's her name? I don't even remember. Wasn't it a twin fight or no? Uh, you, so you fight like the twin guardians and then you fight the, she's like the death lady as a scythe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her fight is, it's, it's fine. 
It's it's fine. It's fine. I think it is better than the Elven Beast fight. And then Dark Souls 3, of course, has the Soul of Cinder, which is, again, fine. I think people like that fight more than I like it, so that's fine for me. I Oh, shit. Know. I'm sorry. I got to take it back. Uh, Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower looks really hard. Yeah. Okay. Just, I just am, like, kind of passively <laughs> watching But, like, kind of, fight. like, um, <laughs> Melania. Yeah. She's, like, very, like, Melania. <laughs> but, uh... She is, yeah. Very much so. When the... Yeah. When, the, like, the blood kind of comes mm-hmm. out of her two swords, like... Oh. Oh, so, I need to play through Bloodborne again. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, then... It's so good. You know, so Dark Souls 3, again, has very... The DLC, you know, Sister Free for the DLC boss fight, and then Gale, for, like, the Ring City boss I, fight. I, I never played the... I just watched you play the DLC. I never really good. Myself. I mean, those... They, like, kind of, I think, got... My, my thing ones. with Dark Souls 3... And the final boss, like I thought it was cool, but to me, I was like, it's just another callback to the Dark Souls one, right? Which was that's why, why the DLC bosses, I think, make Dark Souls three stick out higher in my head mm-hmm. for that. Um, of course, people will I think throw in there the Dark Souls two DLC bosses. Those are good; they are better than the last boss of just the game by itself. Bloodborne. Can I, I, can I say I think, something that'll like ruin my credibility with all like Dark Souls? Yeah, I've never played the DLC for Dark Souls one. So I, I've never, fe- I've never fought a Taurus or anything. Really? Yeah, that seems weird to me. I, it is weird. I think I just like beat the game and never got around huh. to it. <laughs> those are those are fun. I think you would enjoy. Them. I, I need, I need to play through. And Manus, 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 Manus. Uh, and then I think, of course, of Bloodborne. Garmin. Mm-hmm. great last boss, dude. And it, DLC, <sighs> a great last boss. I mean, Bloodborne. I so know Jack and I talk about it a lot. <laughs> And I, I even told Michael, I mean, like, God, even with Elden Ring and stuff, like, Bloodborne is still up there for Here, me. Here's like, my <laughs> thing. With, with Bloodborne, when you get, like, good with, like, the gun as, like, the counter to the attacks, it's, <sighs> to me, it is so different than pairing in a way. Because, it like, is. it's a mechanic built into the game, not, like, optional. Like, it's, like, this is something that, like, you use to win fights decisively. It's not, know? like, an optional tool. Yeah, because, like, you get it when you first start the game, and it's not like, oh, yeah, shields can parry, but, like, they'll also block, you know? It's like, no, this is what this is for. And so when you're good at that and you're fighting German, it feels so good. Got even the DLC bosses. I mean, uh, Lawrence and then Lady Maria. Ludwig. Ludwig, yeah. And then, of course, uh, the Orphan of Koss is a great (laughs) ending to that, which, incredibly tough, which, anyways, we talked about last time. And then we Sekiro. I was going to say Sekiro, but I don't know. Saint Yishin is at the end of that, which is, I think, the hardest one I have ever done. Which, when I beat that, like my heart was pounding, and I just did like yes. I did like the silent double fist up in the air. You know? It's definitely how I felt after Milan. <laughs> it's a little bit more loud than. Silent. But so <laughs> yeah, you know, in saying all that, it's so funny because we talk about oh how good the DLC bosses are, and then of course we mentioned that Elden Ring is getting DLC. So I'm like. What are they gonna do? Like, there's gonna be some. They're gonna do some insanity. Cool. I wonder if it'll have to do with the ending, or if it's gonna be like, like the ending that you choose, and like the DLC that comes after, or if it's gonna be more like mid-game DLC mm. expansion. So here's my thing. I just hope that the bosses they do aren't annoying, because I felt like some of the end-game bosses were just kind of annoying. Like the Elden Beast is just kind of annoying if you're if you don't have range, because mm. you just have to do so much running, and so it's just like. Um. You have to do it for so much longer, I feel like. Mm. You know, or at least that's just my my thing. I think that uh, the Raya Lucaria Academy boss is maybe the most annoying, Renala. Mm. 
I mean, I don't know. Am I crazy in thinking that? Like, no, she was just easy for me. So yeah, that's what I I mean. Like, she's easy in an annoying way. So there is my. I was kind of peeved at like her one time because I had died in her fight because she summoned these wolves and then immediately after like summoned again a giant dragon. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm running away. The dragon's blowing fire. And then I'm like, okay, I get up close. I get up close. The dragon spins immediately, knocks me over. The dragon disappears. Okay, get up. She summons again another dragon. I'm yeah. like, stop. And then it kills me. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I got to run back. And she's just like cannonballing in the middle of the air, like spinning around. And I, like, I, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, dude, this is. But of course, when you don't let her do that, easy. So. Yeah. But yeah, it can be annoying. And Probably so wrong, we'll wrong kind boy. of, we'll move into the ending here. Which there are a couple different endings. So I got the Age of Stars ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, what ending did you get? I don't know the name. It's where you fix the uh, Elven Ring, the, like the golden. I don't know. You I, re- restore the, the golden the order. The golden path. The, the end is say. where like, I, I was sitting in the throne. Okay, right. a little Dune reference. Yeah. So right. my so I know that I'm familiar with that ending. You get the little Dune reference. Little little there, golden yeah. path. Golden yeah. path. Oh jeez, rude <laughs> Duners out there. <laughs> Oh. Woo! Woo! We'll get to that Funny. one. We'll get to that one someday. Uh, I got the Age of Stars ending, which is like Ronnie's ending, mm-hmm. which I really like how she we're like ushering the world into like a new state that's never been seen. Which right. you kind of like, is this good? Is it bad? I of course have just watched Vadi Video's video about the frenzied flame, which that's what the one that I did on my second. Anybody out there who is like tangentially interested in these games, but like goes, man, I don't. I don't want to play Elden Ring. Like, that sounds like way too hard. I don't want to do it. It's a lot. I would say, like, I would very much, if you want to get into, like, the story and the lore, Vadi Vidya makes it very, I think, easy and accessible. Very much so. To get into. He's been doing it since Demon Souls, Dark Souls. So he's very good. But highly recommend him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, his, he's got a lot of stuff on YouTube. It's very informative about a lot of different lores for different games or universes. So just good YouTube content, yeah. you know not easy to find anymore and so you know the ending of the game i think as with all the dark souls games it doesn't have some huge thing it's like hey we're either preserving what's come before or strengthening it or moving into something new or unleashing chaos upon the world you know i've always liked the the endings of these games because it's it leaves you off with almost like a an ellipsis like a dot 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 like Mm -hmm. oh hey you did this well, because like, gonna happen. The ending is like good or bad, just depending on your perspective exactly. or who you're following like, through the and game. It, very much. I mean, since the beginning of Dark Souls, whether you choose to light the fire or to start the Age of Dark, you know, it's it's very much reminds me of that, right? Which is very cool. Yeah. I don't like starting the Age of Dark because all the serpents bow to you or whatever, right? Oh, and you're weird. like, those guys are weird. It's yeah. Fucking weird. The thing I th- I think the ending is like cool that you get to kind of choose that, but then. You know, you go right in a new game plus, and it's like you don't see any kind of yeah. result of like that, and so I, it's kind of like interesting. Yeah. But. You know, what's funny. I think in some ways, I, I, the Elden Ring gave me so much. You know, like it. Every time I thought, "Oh, there, there is not another area." There was another area. Yes, right to the point where I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it was almost too much. There's this whole underground beneath the city. Oh, there's. All of the snow fields. Oh, and there's a whole dungeon beyond the snow fields. There's, and you're like, you just keep going. And so, yes, it's disappointing to not see like the outcome of your ending. But I will say that, like, with what they have, it's very, very good. To go on a positive note with what I said, 
it's kind of how I feel about the Elden Beast. Like, yes, it's not the best last boss for me for the game, but it's like there's so much that the game gave me that there's like those little things I can just kind of toss them to the side and say, yeah, whatever, you know, like the sense of exploration. And yeah, like they got so much right. Yeah. The amount of stuff in there, I think, is very good. Mm -hmm. In some ways, you know, we talk about all these different story threads and all these different names. Elden Ring to me is very much a tapestry of like story points in the same way that you look at a really like a detailed like Renaissance painting and you're like, sure, man, the story painted here. I wish I could know what it was. Elden Ring is mm-hmm. kind of like that into a interactive experience where you get all these pieces. You can go the route of, you know, going into the community and being like, oh, hey, this person found this, this person found this. Let's connect all the dots, like with what Vadavidia does, which is collecting all of it and then telling a story from those collections. But I think my favorite thing about Elden Ring is that you kind of get to choose what's important to you. Like the bosses that stick out to you mm-hmm. are the bosses that stick out to you. And that's what's cool about you it. You cannot know anybody's you name. You cannot know And anything. just run through the game and play it like that, it's kind of frustrating sometimes. You can get to the lakes of Liurnia and look at the word Liurnia and be like, I am never going to remember how to say that. And it's only from like watching videos that it's Liurnia. I mean, look, we have all probably mispronounced a dozen different words from this game, this whole session, because it's just so intensive, like the lore, but they hide it from you in a way where like it's not put out there. So it's not what's most important. It's there Mm -hmm. if you want to dig in. And if you can keep digging, oh, it'll just keep giving to you. But it's not the most important thing. You know, the most important thing about this game is, I think, the community around it, that sense of discovery around it. I mean, the people who absolutely love the Pope Turtle. You know what I mean? Like, things like that to where, like, you would never have thought. Yeah, like, you would never think. Or, like, how cool, what's his name is. that You go to a castle, I think, close to the in-game area where there's that the bell-bearing hunter, the guy who has that sword he can throw at you yeah. and pull back. Mm-hmm. Which is a totally optional boss, but, like, his weapon alone and his style of fight, how he has, like, that wall of, like, thorn great shield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, this guy makes me want to use his weapon because of how cool Yeah, no, that is. weapon's so cool to, like, throw forward and use. Yeah, like, and that, I think, is what is so cool about Elden Ring, you know? It's a great game to get lost in. It's a really great game to just explore and just kind of figure out how to play. I mean, yeah. you don't have to be intimidated by it just because it, you know, FromSoft has this reputation yeah. for these and games. I, you know, I very much I very much agree because I think all of the Souls games, Bloodborne, everything, everything that FromSoft has made within like the recent, you know, the recent years has that hardcore, oh my gosh, this game will beat the crap out of you. And yes, they are hard. I will not say they are not hard. But there is a... It's more that, like, the game wants you to learn how to play it. And then once you kind of, like, get over that difficulty hump, it is incredibly rewarding. Yes. And so, like, for all those people out there, like, yes, there is a measure of just getting good and doing it. But then there's also a measure of, like, hey, try it for a couple hours. And if you really don't like it, hey, you probably will not like it. Don't, like, force yourself But, to like, if down. you feel that compulsion to get into it, but you're like, I'm just scared, like, oh, like, get into it. Right. If you want to, like guidebook your way through it there are so many guides for like hey this is how you build your character this is how you upgrade your character or if you just want to dig in and figure it out oh absolutely and that's the thing is i think elden ring you know there are people that i had a lot of fun playing it using the help of the internet 
you know, summoning, you know, friends or people from multiplayer to help mm. me with boss fights. Like, however the game plays for you in a fun way is the way that you should go through it. And I think that they've really hit that balance. I 100% agree. Know? Elden Ring is so wide. Like, Dark Souls, if Dark Souls was focused, Elden Ring kind of opened that up to where rather than banging your head against an area or a boss, you can just go to a different area. And that alone, I think, is what kind of captured a lot of people, especially in a day and age where so many games will quest marker you to death and stuff like that. Like, yes. don't get me wrong. I just played through all of Hogwarts Legacy, and it is quest marker to death. So you can good. follow a golden path to wherever you want to go. So good. Everything is shown to you on the map. Like, how many chests? And I love those types of games, but I also love when that is left to your imagination. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that is why... Elden Ring is special. So, before we wrap up here, I wanted to kind of go around the table. When I started this episode, I wanted to get a little bit into the lore of Elden Ring. But, you know what? If some people out there really want us to dig into the lore, I think we could do a whole episode over just the lore and the story. Yeah, you'd almost have to. So, rather than doing that, um, I know we have Shadow of the Earth Tree coming up. But, Jack, I'll ask you first... From from software, of course we know that they are doing from from software. From from software, of course we know that they're doing Armored Core Six: Fires of Rubicon, which is probably going to be an Armored Core game. Which I haven't played an Armored Core since PlayStation Two. Are you interested? I'm definitely interested. I know it's not going to be a Souls game, which I'm kind of excited for. But what would you like to see for their next Souls effort? And I'm kind of throwing Sekiro and Bloodborne into that mm. pool. Mm. Like, interesting question. Do you want to see? a direct Elden Ring sequel because that's probably what we're going to get. But like, if you could choose, like if you were the head of from software right now, you're, you have so much money, so much trust offer off Elden Ring that you can do. I mean, and they, well, you've done nothing wrong. Like you've done like, since like you're the last like bad game from soft, bad quote unquote, dark Souls Souls two, which is not even bad. Like I have a soft spot in my heart. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember like doing like the hero runs or whatever, like side by side? Yeah. Like those were fun. Um, So what, what would you do? What what do you want to see? That's a big question to ask uh, out of the blue. Uh, It is a really big question. Does anyone else have anything off the top of their head? I can go first. Yeah. Can you go, go first while I think for a second? Yeah. So off the dome piece, that's actually an exciting question because when I look on FromSoft's history with all their games, I see a lot of growth, but I also see a lot of staying to the same path Mm. of being inspired Mm. by Western European medieval, you know, kind of like things. And that's cool, you know, and like the berserk stuff and like, that's cool. But I almost feel like they beat it to death Hmm. by now, like with a stick. And I'm not saying they couldn't make some really awesome like sequels, but before I see another Elden Ring, I would like to see them venture into a different, like completely different style. Okay. You know, almost like Sekiro where they, you go totally Eastern with it or, you know, like, like give me something just different. And I don't know what that would be. Yeah. But even if it was like, even if it was, you know, piracy or I don't know, mm. like some kind of just like yeah, different, some different, like a different age, a different influence, I would be yeah. interested. Yeah. So. I was going to say like something that came to mind that I haven't played it either was Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima. Where like that game, I feel like they could like 
FromSoft could make their version of that game really well. See, but, like, that game was done so well. So it's like... And I'd argue I'd that... I'd want them to, like, do... like my Stylistically, something. Sekiro is kind of like that. It's not open world. So you could... I could see, like, well, an open world Sekiro, but I'll... Mm. It, yeah, go, yeah, open continue, world Sekiro continue. would be a lot like yes. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. So it's like... But, like, Ghost of Tsushima did it so well. But, like, you also have to take into, uh, take into account the amount of custom customizability yes that's in like elden ring and trying to translate that into not maybe another genre but like another world yeah would be super cool to see i mean mm-hmm. if you even take honestly take like something like bloodborne do some elden elden ring kind of stylistic on oh dude that'd be super cool you, you yeah. know what i mean that's or what i mean like a steampunky or like some kind of yeah because like bloodborne's a pretty unique game in that there isn't really another game like bloodborne there's like I think there's, like, a movie or two that Bloodborne draws a lot of influence from as far as, like, the way the characters dress and how they look. I forget what it's called. It's, like, an older movie. I feel but, like they, the characters look a lot like Fable to me. But, like, there aren't a lot of as games someone who's played all the Fable in the games, style of Bloodborne that, like, especially on that scale, would be, it'd be yeah. super cool to see. I So, I mean, that's yeah. the best I can kind of come up with right now. It's no. just open world, but a much more immersive Bloodborne. Yeah, basically. now, I, in fact, I totally, I think that is one path. Of course, From Software doesn't own Bloodborne as an IP. Sony does. There's been some oh. rumors. There's been some rumors that like Blue Point, after doing the Demon Souls remake, will do something with like Bloodborne Two. Mm. Now that being said, if we got like Blue if they Point's did like an open pretty, world pretty Bloodborne style game with like cities and stuff, like yeah, yeah, of course that that sounds sure. amazing. That'd be pretty cool. However, yeah. for me, getting back to a two D <laughs> for side me, scrolling. Uh, kind of like Metroidvania, <laughs> and yeah, kind of like with what uh, so Michael said. Like I really enjoyed Sekiro a lot. I like how focused it was, and I like how it took away the customization because I know that this is not necessarily like a popular thing, but I like Bloodborne because it simplifies that and it's like gives you a very specific tool set. Yeah, you can use the cane or the axe or the saw cutter, but like they all kind of are methods to do the same thing, right? It's not like you have magic and there is some magic, but it's not super prevalent in Sekiro. You have like the arts, but you're always fighting with just the sword. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to like really create this like super specific, amazing style of gameplay with that. I almost wonder if they could hack a, like a sci-fi. That's exactly what I was going to say. Futuristic, almost like dead space technology kind of level of game. Yeah. And like I think make it their own. I would love to see, like, they've done, like, fallen fantasy worlds, post-apocalyptic fantasy worlds. Right. I'd love to see that within, like, a sci-fi version to where, like, That'd be neat. you have, you know, but you have games like The Surge and other games that are within that area of taking from that kind of sci-fi downfall. I mean, I think of even games like Hyperlight Drifter where they kind of play on this fact that, like, oh, there's once a great civilization that has fallen. And I think From Software could do that really well. And one other interesting point is From Software does a lot of post-world mm. world, right? Where, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a calamity has happened or it's, you know, very yeah. desolate feeling. Almost all the games feel very empty. Yeah. It would be interesting to see them tackle a game that was more like like the crest of a civilization, the peak of a civilization and what that would look like. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, no. I know that's weird, like a weird kind no. of idea, but... And I don't know if that would take away from their feeling that they have in their games. No, but I think that's almost like the next step is like 
rather than putting you in like the post state, putting you into the state that like brings it that, that brings about. it to the collapse. Exactly. Like or like witnessing the story, the fall of a civilization. Exactly. Like whether... it'd be so cool if there was a game, for example, like the sequel to Elden Ring, where they it's like a whole new land and area, but they reference the events that happened in the lands between, you know, and they they reference like what your character did, the greater will, you know, like that would be really cool. I feel like dark souls kind of tried to do that where they like referenced ages before ages that your player was involved in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, overall I would like to see them do something different and focused. That is just my personal preference. Like, I love the open world stuff, and I'm sure they'll do it again because it has been incredibly popular. Yeah. Like, well, here, I mean, they got thing. game of the year. Good on them. Yeah. They deserve it. Here's one thing I will say like, while I do like the custom, how much you can like customize in Elden Ring, I like that as far as like aesthetics go, like looks. As far as like weapons go, I feel like a lot of the weapons are just kind of like pointless. They're just like not as good as some other weapons. So the amount of weapons in Elden Ring, I think, is very bloated compared to what's actually used what's actually good Mm. um so if they do do something more focused i would like them to keep like aesthetically you can do a lot but then like weapons keep Mm. more like on a bloodborne level yeah like where in bloodborne there's like i don't i don't know how many weapons there are 20 weapons but they're all actually viable except the threaded cane um they're all actually really good which people do use still I, i it sucks but, like, you know, if you choose a saw cleaver or the hunter's axe, like, whatever. Like, they do basically the same. Saw cleaver, like, does slightly more, There's like... There's some cool weapons cool. in that game, Yeah. Mm-hmm. The freaking old, like, hunter's, like, cipher or whatever is super cool. Like, those old hunter's or the hammer are. one that you, like, strike it on the ground. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> it's so cool. There's something about I do trick like, weapons. I like, the that. trick shot. And, of course, I don't know what the weapon's actually called, but the pizza cutter one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Or, like, the holy blade where you, like... Stick you the small sword into a bigger one. That dude, oh, that's dude. pretty cool. That's my go-to. That you know, that's another thing. I know I've just mentioned a bunch of stuff I'd like to see. If they did a Final Fantasy style game, mm. that would be so cool. I like to see like, Blitzball. <laughs> like take those like Bloodborne mechanics, move it into like almost like a post like sci-fi world of like almost like Final Fantasy. Yeah, I think with magic. I don't know that you know that would kind of be I think the next main step for them is to incorporate. I'm dreaming now. Is to incorporate <laughs> I'm just I'm spitball more direct story. I think would be a huge step for them mm. because they they play it pretty light. They give you a lot of dialogue. They give you a lot of characters, but like they pretty pretty light with facial animations. They don't really invest a lot because that's not what's important. Sure, but like mm. yeah, bringing more of that in because like Sekiro has more of a direct story, and it is very cool to see that. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I am very happy that we got to discuss so much of Elden Ring because yeah, it me is, too. it's honestly making me kind of want to pick it yeah. up when I get home. I so. mean, there's so many things I think they could take from other games too. Like after just playing Hogwarts Legacy, I love how in Hogwarts Legacy, how we're going to have to talk about that, Charlie. Yeah. How you can, Jack, I know you're unfamiliar, but you can change. <gasps> not playing. I haven't played it yet. You can change, like, whenever you get new gear, you can equip the gear, but then you can change the appearance of the gear to be, like, whatever it is. To where it's, like, every time you find a new item, it adds it to, your, like, your your look library. Yeah, you don't have to hold on to clothes. Just and so like it would be, like, in Bloodborne, if you're, like, oh, I'm wearing the thing that has the best stats, but I can make it look however I want. Oh, like, that, okay. that is definitely something I think they could lean into. It like, is a cool feature. I do Hogwarts, think... I that would mess with a little bit with PvP when you have people like wearing super strong stuff, but they make it look weak. But people already do that anyways. Mm. 
Yeah. PvP That's is, yeah. Um, no, like with... We didn't really talk about PvP. I don't feel like there's a I lot just, to talk about. It's just annoying. I'm just That's not... That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Just annoying. And all of them, Elden Ring included, I have just not been that interested. No. Not I mean, been something it's I better. care about. It's better. It works better now. I will co-op, say. Co-op. Yes. Well, co-op. Interested. Yeah. PvP. But yeah. like the actual player versus player stuff, I have never been a player like, oh, we have Coliseums and Elden Ring. I'm like, great. I'm never going to yeah. touch it. Like, it's just literally the last thing I want to do. But... Before literally, it's a good game. Yeah. Before good. we end here, five out of ten. Jack, <laughs> Michael, any kind of like last thoughts you want to touch on before I wrap us up here? Oh, um, I would like to say I am not maidenless. Um, <laughs> right on, brother. Uh, <laughs> you are maidenless. I, you know, I don't really have anything else I want to say. I don't want to just blabber. Uh, so no, some doggy. I, I honestly really enjoyed the game. I hope other people enjoyed it and enjoy it. Mm. I hope that the expansion is awesome. I mean, I loved it. Yeah, looking forward Final to buns. the next one. The, he kind of summed it up. He's good. Hit that nail on the head. Ding. Bing. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Raconteur Collection, all about Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Part two. Part who? Part <laughs> did. Part <laughs> did. If you would like to hear more of our thoughts on Elden Ring, you can come and chat with us. We have a whole Discord set up Discord. for our patrons where we can chat. Send us a little... <laughs> Jack's making weird faces at me. Send us a little message on social medias. We can get you into there if you're interested. Mm-hmm. If you and have a game us. that you like, want to hear us talk about... Oh. I mean, Put send it, it our way. We're we, we're not opposed to yeah. talking about other we play games, a plethora you know? of games. So. Everybody we'll always talk about Coliseum Road to Freedom sometime. Oh my god, you ever play that? One? Never Goodness. heard of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where are the gladiator games? As long as where are the gladiator <laughs> games? That's a good question. There's, god, there's some weird, obscure references we can make. Dude, FromSoft doing a gladiator game? Oh, okay. Ooh. There you go. That's Jack's idea. That's not a bad one. But. We always, in this age of being connected on all these social media platforms, they're always there, you know, subscribe, ring the bell, leave us reviews. But you know what I'll ask this time? You know what I'll ask? Is if you enjoy the Raconteur Collection, you thought, man, these are are some good guys. Tell tell a friend. Tell somebody you know. Don't follow us. Just tell tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend. Say, hey, you know what? This is really cool. I find that word of mouth and when you share things that you're passionate about, especially if it is about sharing ideas. It's about, you know, positive, constructive conversations. That's what we're all about here at the Racketeer Collection. And so we welcome that wherever it comes. Of course, we always appreciate the support. But I think a lot of the times what we want is just to reach more people, just to have more nerds to talk with. Because at the end of the day. Exactly. We're just a couple of, of nerds. We're a bunch of nerds. Well, if you guys have any criticisms, if we got anything wrong, like as far as like the lore goes or or names or anything, like feel free to you know send us a quick message. Let us know. You know, we like to know. Feel free and to be accurate. throw yourself. Feel free to truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, we like to be accurate. You know, with everything being long, and we do a lot of cursory research, but we don't exactly do a lot of deep dive research until you know we know that we're gonna. You know, really get into yeah. the subject, the meat and the bones. A of lot the of the thing. Racketeer collection is based off of our experiences with exactly. media, not being shaped by the thoughts of the whatever surrounds the media. Right. So that being said, you know, take it with a grain of salt. These, a lot of this is our opinions, our views of the game. That was good. That was good, Charlie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feel free to share any thoughts you have with us. Very much so. Got a couple ideas for anybody out there. 
for our next episode. I just recently, of course, with the, I think the hot topic being. If someone's, I don't, I'm not gonna buy hardwoods like with the hot say, topic of the Last of Us <laughs> being so big right now with the course of the show. I just recently played through Last of Us Part One. Oh, Last of Us! I thought you were gonna two. say Hogwarts. I know that in the past, Jack and I, or actually both the Jacks, we did a long, long episode about Last of Us Part Two. Mm-hmm. I would actually love to kind of revisit that because I think I have some different thoughts about how I feel about it versus how I feel about it when it first came out and I first played it. I like mm-hmm. to do an episode about that, but if you guys have any suggestions, let us know. But I got, I got just one last thing to say. Oh, quick recommendation: Sackboy, Little Big Planet franchise. Sackboy is a lot of fun. Oh. If you've got a partner out there and you want a fun two-player game. Sackboy is maybe one of the best two-player games I've played in forever. So fun. Wherever you are out there, <laughs> whether you're driving to work, whether you're waking up early to go to work, whether you're coming home, I hope you have and are able to find some peace in that day. Enjoy the moment. Relax. Take a load off. We're getting ready for your day. Put the load on. Get ready to climb up that hill. <laughs> Run up that and, hill. <laughs> and oh, my lo- gosh. <laughs> and just know that the Raconteur Collection will be there to whisper sweet nothings in your ear. Always. Always. Everyone, have a good morning, afternoon, or night. And this is Charlie signing off. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. What idiots. <laughs> I didn't stop it.